0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast, dedicated to raising awareness, sharing IBD stories, and offering support for those with Crohn's and colitis. Together, we can share knowledge, experiences, and help show the world the many faces of IBD. Well, hi everyone thank you for
1: joining me today for another episode of the crohn's fitness food podcast i'm your host stephanie gish crohn's warrior since 2006 and lifelong fitness fanatic my guest today is anitra smith an author who's been battling crohn's disease for the past 18 years she's here to share her journey with ibd and how she's taking charge of her health and future she just recently published a book earlier this summer titled, Undefeated, My Fight with Crohn's Disease, and is on a mission to encouraging others to unite and fight IBD together. Thank you so much for joining me, Anitris, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So I'm really looking forward to talking more about the new book you've just written. But before we jump into that, why don't you go ahead and start by sharing your Crohn's story and when you were diagnosed?
2: Well, um, in 2000, my family had went on a vacation with our church to Canada. And I was so excited about going. I had my hopes up about having a lot of fun. But maybe about four hours into the trip, my stomach started acting really weird. And it started cramping up. So I decided to take a nap. But as I woke up, the pain was getting worse. And it was making me feel a little bit more crummy than usual. So I just started to drink a little water and maybe relax myself a little bit more. But when I got to our destination, it didn't seem to be getting any better. And so I was talking to my grandma And she said, maybe if I get something to eat, maybe it'll be a little better. But eating seems to make it a lot worse. So I just went to my hotel room and lay down for a while. But as the day progressed, the pain got worse.
1: Was this the first time that you'd ever really experienced kind of gastrointestinal upset and distress?
2: Well, I've had like tummy aches and constipation and cramping and stuff like that, but I never paid it any attention before mm-hmm. that. That's when it started getting really bad and I mean the only relief that I really got was to strip down and lay on the bathroom floor of the hotel room.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it didn't it didn't go too good after that.
1: So what happened? Tell me about the trip. Um, obviously you were away from home and this sounds like it was probably your first big Crohn's flare up. What was kind of the next steps that you started taking from there?
2: Well, um, I couldn't eat. So they found something for me to eat, which was yucky. It was baby food, but yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was yucky, but that's the only thing I can hold down. And over the course of the time we were there, we were there for about five days and in those five days, I think I lost about 20, 25 pounds in them five days because wow. my clothes literally look like a tent. But the pain never did go away. I got, a, re- I got re- a little bit of relief maybe after the first couple days, and I was able to do a couple of events that they wanted to do. But when I got home, I saw um, my primary care and he sent me to a specialist and Jack, that just started a whole slew of tests that I do believe lasted maybe six months, seven months. And then in 2001, they finally diagnosed me with Crohn.
1: Was it a gastroenterologist that you saw right away? Was that the first specialist or did they bounce you around with a few doctors? No. It sounds he, like it took six, seven months, a little while to get that diagnosis.
2: My primary care, what he did is he started giving me some tests and he um, sent me to get, I think it was an MRI first. Um, And then he said that he was just a little bit concerned. And so after a couple months, he put me on a painkiller. And after a couple months, he sent me to a specialist and a gastro specialist, is I know I had some blower work done um, I had to have a colonoscopy, uh, upper GI. He sent me for x-rays, CAT scans, another MRI. Mm. and Everything. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And I was pretty scared because I had never went through anything like that. So it made me a little nervous because I figured it had to be something bad, the reason why they had me going through all this.
1: And so at the end result was they concluded took about 6-7 months but Crohn's disease at that time.
2: Yes, he he concluded that I had Crohn's disease and then I had to go on a lot of medications. I know it I ended up taking 24 pills every day for almost 2 years. Wow. Did it help at all? Um it helped with a few of my issues. But once the made that chronic diarrhea set in, it just felt like nothing helped. I couldn't keep on weight. And then um, my body just started reacting different ways. I know a a couple years in, my stomach just started hurting more and more. And then I had to go back and take some more tests. I had to take a bacterial test. And then he had me take a couple more tests. And he he, um, told me that I was lactose intolerant.
1: So did they put you on any other medications at that point, or did they just kind of keep doing tests and keep you on the 24-plus pills a
2: day? Um, he kept me on the 24-plus um, pills. Um, after, he just told me that if I wanted to, I can do the lactose um, pills that help with the, some of the symptoms of intolerance that you can get over the counter. Um, and he told me is. It was really good for me to leave the dairy alone, or find a plant-based dairy product. So that's what I tried to do: mm-hmm. was find a a plant-based dairy product. But at that time, that stuff was very expensive. So I just left dairy alone for a little while. And this was
1: about eighteen. You've been fighting Crohn's disease for eighteen years. So tell me a little bit more about the journey, the process of finding the right medications and maybe finding, if you ever did find a right diet. Tell me a little bit about that process and kind of what's got you to the point where you're,
2: where you're at now. Well, it is really funny that you say that (laughs) (laughs) because I just now probably in 2016 finally got a doctor to really look at what was going on with me because i had so many issues over 15 years of the, the first 15 years i just felt like i never got the right medications i like got pain pillars i mean painkillers mm-hmm. that would ease some of the pain um leaving dairy alone for a while kind of helped a little bit um but it never really like sent me into a point where i didn't have any issues and so I got fed up with the progress of my health care. And I was talking mm-hmm. to my husband and I said, I got to do something different. I really got to do something different because my life cannot go on with me being in constant pain all the time. And my I was married um, to my husband. It had been 14 years then. And I have three beautiful children. So I had to take care of my family. And I just couldn't spend a lot of days in the bed because I can barely get up and move around or I didn't have enough energy Um or everywhere I had to go, I had to make sure I looked around and clocked out where the bathroom was and how, how long it would take me to mm-hmm. get there. I just couldn't live my life like that. And so I decided to leave the healthcare system that I was in and I was talking to a family member that also has Crohn's um, and sarcocardosis. I think that's how you say it. And Mm -hmm. she was telling me about her primary care physician. And so I went and talked to, I set up an appointment and I went and talked to that primary care physician. And that's when everything changed. The light bulbs went off and it was like um, a party was being thrown in my favor. That doctor got me set up with physicians at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. And it was was terrifying because I found out that I wasn't treated as properly as I should. And so I had to start the process like I was a beginning patient. It was my first time dealing with Crohn's. So I had to start that whole process all over again. I didn't get really upset. I cried at the doctor's appointment. I did because I was a little frustrated. but
1: Yeah, because that was 15 years of basically being miserable. Crohn's is no it, fun.
2: No, it is no fun at all. It leaves you feeling alone. Um, you go through depression for sure. And you feel like you can live your life. But seeing new physicians that I felt that really showed me the care that I can have, and that showed me how living with Crohn's could be on a positive note, that was all That was all of what I needed. It really was.
1: What were some of the first things that they did?
2: The first thing she did was put me on prednisone, she said, because she needed to get some of the inflammation down in my body. Um, I was really bloated. I looked like I was not only nine months, but really getting ready to um, give birth to a baby and I wasn't even pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. And so she did send me to get a CAT scan, an MRI. Um, and I had recently had a colonoscopy from my previous doctor. So she said she didn't really need that. But she gave me the results back in about a week, week and a half. And she was like, I just need you to go on a couple of things and I do not like steroids. But I did take her as ice and go on the prednisone for a little while. And I went in to see her for a follow-up and she talked to me about Remicade. But I had already heard about Remicade. So she just basically reiterated some of the things. We talked about having surgery. We talked about changing my diet and getting more exercise and just trying to live my life to the fullest.
1: What were some of the things? So I'm guessing, I'll start here first. I'm guessing you did you go ahead and switch on to the Remicade? And then did you finally find remission with that?
2: Yes, I finally got on a Remicade, um, and it it helped tremendously. Now, the first few weeks was not all that well. (laughs) Um, I suffered some extreme nausea. I really couldn't eat. Um, But she had told me beforehand that that may happen. And so I was expecting it. Mm -hmm. And once it passed, the Remicade really helped so much. And after about maybe four months, maybe the first complete first cycle, I started to feel better. I started to feel a little different. Um, The diarrhea slowed down and some of the nausea slowed down. I just felt overall better. And I was more mm-hmm. confident in my specialists, and my primary care. I was so much confident in my team that it, it made me feel better. The stress level went down also.
1: Finally feeling like you're on the right path.
2: Yes, definitely.
1: So you mentioned your doctor, the new one that you'd gotten, put you on the Remicade and you talked about surgery. And I think you actually just recently... Over the last couple of years, have gone through a couple surgeries. Is that correct?
2: Yes, um, September of two thousand eighteen and March of two thousand nineteen. So I had two surgeries in six months. One, I had went in the early part of September because I wasn't really feeling good and my stomach was it was just in knots and I couldn't walk and I was in extreme pain. And at my local hospital, um, they gave me a couple tests. Of course, they got a hold to my doctor. And I will mention her name because she is an awesome person. Dr. Jamie Canucan of the University of Michigan Hospital in Ann Arbor. Oh, my gosh, she is awesome. Um, and they got in touch with her. And she had me transferred to the U of M um, and Aubrey because she wanted me to be closer to where she can be over my care instead of relaying messages. She wanted to make sure that she saw everything and that she approved of everything. And so that wow. helped out. But during that time, um, the doctors that were on call and they sent surgeons in and a hematologist in. And I seen so many doctors in the first week. I can't even tell you who all, who they all were. But mm-hmm. they, they worked together to make sure they came up with a plan. And then they sent... Um, a a surgeon by the name of Dr. McGuire. And we talked about surgery. We talked about the pros and cons and if it would be beneficial. But it took took like more than about four or five days for them to actually agree that I needed the surgery because I was asking for it. I had already researched it. I knew what can happen. I knew the benefits. I knew that with Crohn's, there was a 50-50 chance that even after surgery, it could come back. Surgery was not a guarantee that it would cure it. And I understood that.
1: Was it a resection that they were talking about doing?
2: Yes, it was a resection they talked about doing. But Dr. McGuire and Dr. Kanukin was talking to together. Um, and it was another surgeon about what would be best for me. And so the first surgery ended up being with me getting an ileostomy. Um, because I had a blockage and a fistula. Um, And my intestines had grew up to connect to a different part of my intestines that they didn't like. Mm -hmm. And they said it shouldn't have been like like that. So they wanted to take the best approach. And so ileostomy was the best thing to do um, so that I can get some of the inflammation down to see if the fistula would kind of take care of itself and see if the blockage would do anything before they went in and did any big surgery with resectioning. They wanted to make sure some things happened that was in my benefit because if they would have did the surgery at that point, they would have took out most of my intestines. So they didn't really want to do that. They wanted to do something different to see if they can take it out as less as possible.
1: Wow. So that ileostomy sounds like it really helped to save a lot of the intestines that you did have then?
2: Yes, it did. I didn't like the ileostomy at first. It was pretty scary mm-hmm. and it seemed to be a lot of work. But mm-hmm. it, I after about a month, I did realize that it was helping me out more than I thought it could ever do, especially in saving most of my intestines and not letting them have to go in and take most of it out. And then I'm living with a permanent ileostomy.
1: So was the second surgery, did they reverse it then?
2: Yes, they reversed the um, ileostomy um, and they did some resectioning. They did have to remove the blockage and fix the fistula. So they only had to take out the minimum as necessary. And so that was a blessing there. That's great. So what's it
1: been like after the surgery? Has that really helped you in addition to the Remicade to really feel like you've gotten to a point where you're able to enjoy life? Yes, it has.
2: I do not um, map out where the bathroom is and clock how much time I need to get there. I don't have to do that as much anymore. I'm not having as many issues with pain and um, not being able to move around. I am getting around very well. Um, it's easier for me to do some of the things that I wanna do. Um, so I'm just not having as many issues and I'm feeling overall pretty good. It's, I still have things here and there, but they're not as severe as usual.
1: That's great. So tell me a little bit about, you mentioned your doctor had also mentioned food while you were talking about the Remicade medications, surgery, and she'd also brought up food. So how did diet play a role over the last couple of years? Has that been a part of your lifestyle and
2: changes? Yes, I have been trying to make sure that I eat a healthier lifestyle, um, eating more fruits and vegetables. I've been trying to work out a little bit more, <laughs> I, but I mm-hmm. I'm lactose intolerant and I also have celiac. So gluten is not my friend. So I have to stay on a um, straight gluten free diet to which that helps a lot. Um, but I do find myself eating a lot of rice and potatoes and things. So I'm just trying to back off a little bit of the starchy foods to bring in more fruits and vegetables a little bit at a time. Um, because my body does not digest fruits and vegetables that well, and so we're just trying to mm-hmm. get my body to where is healthier, that I can stay um, at a, a better state and not have so much pain. The Remicade is working awesome; it really is. Um, the last time I did talk, the last time I did talk to my doctor. She said that they didn't really see any active Crohn's. So that's a blessing. And so I'm just trying to keep my body there.
1: What are some of the tips you've been doing to reintroduce uh, more of the fruits and vegetables? You said your body has a hard time digesting those. I know mine certainly does too. What are some of the things that you've been doing to slowly bring in more of
2: those? I just just try to introduce a little bit at a time. I don't try to eat. A lot of fruits and vegetables. I, I still stay away from apples, oranges, um, or the more acidic fruit. Um, I lean more towards bananas. I do have strawberries every now and then. I love grapes, so I just eat a little bit at mm-hmm. a time. I didn't try to jump in with both feet, and it's the same with vegetables, um, because vegetables really hurt sometimes. So every now and then i'll eat a full salad but i eat more kale um more greens um i stay away from corn um i eat asparagus Mm -hmm. and so but most of the time i do have to make sure that my vegetables are cooked i try to stay Mm -hmm. away from a lot of raw vegetables um the ones that taste yucky when you cook them like cucumbers i don't really like cook Uh i don't really like cooked
1: i don't think i've ever had a cooked (laughs)
2: cucumber (laughs) so i try to the ones that i pretty much have to eat raw i don't eat too much of them but the ones that i can cook i do try to um eat more of those as well as fruit sometimes fruit Um, taste better when you cook them. I just try not to add a lot of sugar and things to them because the sugar can become a factor in having diarrhea, so you don't want to go through that. So I am trying to work out a plan that's good for me. I try not to go with the fad diets and doing what everybody else is doing. I just try to Mm -hmm. figure out things that works best for me Um, because I am trying to take off a little bit of weight because I did gain some weight after the surgery and i find that it is mm-hmm. it's a little harder especially when you're dealing with an illness to try to take off the weight you're trying to do it without harming yourself or triggering that illness and so it gets a little hard it's like walking a tightrope it's really tricky yes it is really tricky so but i have a good support system that tries to help um, any way that they can. I have an uncle who is a fitness fanatic, and so he tries to mm-hmm. give me tips on different things, and he's always researching, and if I have a question, if he don't know, he'll say, i get back with you, and then he always try to give me an answer on, well, I read that this may work, or you can probably try this, so, and then my husband, he's a um a cook, so He tries to make sure that I'm eating the things that I'm supposed to be eating and staying away from those things that I shouldn't. Although he do let me cheat every now and then. (laughs) Well, you got to live life. (laughs) Let me cheat every now and then. But my kids are also, they're very militant with me. And mom, you're not supposed to eat that. Mm -hmm. Mom, you're eating too much of that. So I do have a really good support system. My mom gives a lot of support. She's always checking up on me and my grandma. And I have other family members and church members that really look out to make sure that I'm okay.
1: That's awesome. That is really awesome. So tell me a little bit. I want to switch gears and talk about flare-ups because you've, it sounds like out of the 18 years you've had Crohn's, you've spent most of it pretty much in a flare. Mm -hmm. Never really... Getting relief. So what are some of the things you've learned over the years that's helped when you've had symptoms or maybe even a full flare-up? What are some of the things that have helped you to maybe calm those symptoms or to get
2: through those tough times? Um, When I'm having, I call them my mini flares. When I'm having my mini flares, Mm -hmm. I just try to back off of a lot of food. I try to eat very soft things. Um, Things like I really need the fruit and vegetables alone and I pretty much stick to potatoes, rice, oatmeal, grits, those things that are really soft on the stomach. I drink a lot of water um, and I just try to relax. But when I'm having a full blown flare, it is a hundred percent me staying in the bed and just letting my body be stress-free, letting myself relax, mm-hmm. um, putting on my favorite movie Laughter. My kids do that a lot for me. Um, my husband does that a lot for me to keep me in a happy place and a happy frame of mind, so that I don't I don't add more stress to my body than what's already going on. Um, when I'm in a full blown flare, I I really don't eat a lot. It's hard for me to do that because mm-hmm. pretty much everything messes with my stomach and creates pain or bloating or diarrhea or constipation. So I try with a full-blown flare just to completely relax.
1: Definitely a a great tip. And it sounds like your family is just amazing to the support they give you and keeping you laughing. Yes, they are. (laughs) Sounds like they're just incredible. How do you – so tell me, because I'm sure uh, having three kids uh, is definitely – not stress-free, <laughs> no, <it's laughs> so not. Even, even though they're supportive. <laughs> no. how, do you, how have you found to balance kind of just stress and life overall? Because for many people, especially for me and a lot of people I talk to, stress is a big trigger. So how do you help to keep that minimized in your life?
2: I know over the years, you've always heard, especially with my physician, they say, you need to live a stress-free life. I do not know how to do that. <laughs> that is very hard, like you said, especially with my husband and three kids. Is there's no such thing as a stress free life? Um, less uh-huh. having less stress would <laughs> be a better phrase. Um, I just we have a lot of family time, like I said, to where we can relax. My kids are very helpful. It was really hard in the beginning, um, uh, to find times to where I can just sit and decompress mm-hmm. and just let everything else around me go away. Or may, you know how when little kids say they put their hands over their ears and they can't hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times I have I have had to do many and many times like that. I have had some times where I just go in my room and just cry for 30 minutes. And it's, I mean, it seems very sad, but it helped me decompress because sometimes you have it in Mm -hmm. and you have to let it out. Um, But you do have to...
1: It's that catharsis
2: of just being able to just, like you said,
1: let it come out. You
2: have to have those times. Even when your kids are around, you say, well, I go in my room and close my door 10 minutes and just sit there and think about nothing and do nothing. And I do that a lot of my family doesn't even know that I do that. And I, I do that quite a mm-hmm. bit. I'll go in my room, close my door, and they may not, what you doing? And I don't say anything. And that's me, <laughs> that's me decompressing, but my faith plays a lot in me mm-hmm. trying to be stress-free. I do I pray a lot. Um I do go to scripture and I talk to God a lot. I get up in the morning when everybody's asleep. My husband being an already went to work and I sit on my couch and I do my scripture and I do my devotional. And then I just sit there sometimes for five or 10 minutes and I just sit there and just listen to nothing. And that seems to allow me to get my mind focused and let my body know, okay, we are getting ready for today. But I choose to pick those times.
1: That's great. What a great way to start the day and have that as a part of the day.
2: Yes. It
1: does. Tell me tell me a little bit. I'm curious. I'm guessing I'm guessing your kids have grown up with you having Crohn's disease. So tell me a little bit about what the process was as when they were younger. I'm sure you know, being young, they'll have no idea what it is. How did you finally start teaching them what Crohn's is and what was that process like of helping them to understand what it is that you go through having Crohn's?
2: I would just answer their questions. If they ask questions, mommy, why mm-hmm. you're not up there? Why we can't go here? Why are you always in the bed? Why you always say you're in pain? Why you can't eat with us? Why you have to fix um, separate food? So over the years... They just started asking questions and I just answered them as honestly mm-hmm. as I could. I, I don't lie to my kids about what I'm going through. Um, they see it all. Um, they have seen it all. Um, and mm-hmm. I just, I figure if they are a part of what I'm going through, they will understand me a little bit better. So those days when mommy cannot um, do anything with them or, it's time for mommy to lay in the bed and watch TV or um, when mommy's door is closed, they know what those things mean. So being open, honest, and transparent with my kids, even when they were two and three years old, I would explain mm-hmm. to them mommy has Crohn's. So they say, what's well, so I saw, I'll explain it, show pictures, mm-hmm. um, give them examples of um, when i had to go to the hospital because I've been on several hospital visits and stays while they were growing up. Mm -hmm. And I always had my husband bring them up there to let them know this is what mommy is going through. Mommy will be okay. But right now, mommy's Mm -hmm. just having some difficulties and we'll get through this together. And they just took it upon themselves to, if I'm going through a flare or at a hospital having to stay or something like that, They would take it upon themselves to make sure that I'm always laughing. Um, Mm -hmm. I have um, a 15-year-old, a 12-year-old, and an 11-year-old. And so they all know how to cook. And so they would cook for me. And especially if I'm in the bed, they will make sure that I'm comfortable. Um, They will make sure I have things to do most of the time they would come in and lay with me and go to sleep with me <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was just the point of <laughs> very yes, it was just the point of me being very open honest and transparent with them not trying to hide things from them um, but letting them know the truth yeah it's the best thing
1: to do it's the easiest thing to do just put it out there and easiest in the sense that you're not trying to hide things or remember what you've told them or haven't told right. them so. and, uh, it's just always easier to just tell the truth and and be honest and and open. And also
2: letting them be my little helpers, not telling them that, no, mommy doesn't need your help. Um, If you just go play or something like that, if they want to help, letting them help because then they felt better about, okay, we'll get through this together.
1: Yeah. I think that's a great thing to remember because people do, people like to help. And I know when, a family member of mine isn't feeling well i want to help and it, and it does feel good to be able to help so i think that's an important thing you just said that allowing them to help when you're not feeling yep. good is and to have some little helpers is great yeah
2: awesome to have help
1: so let's jump into talking about your book. You actually just published it earlier this summer. I believe in June it came out as a paperback and it's Undefeated My Fight with Crohn's Disease. Mm-hmm. So start by telling me what compelled you after 18 years to finally go ahead and put your journey with Crohn's into a book and share it.
2: Well, it started with a conversation with my husband. I wanted to do something and I was like, I cannot sit around and not share with everybody what I've been through. Cause you never know what kind of encouragement or what will come out of you sharing your story. And while I was at my last hospital stay, well the first hospital stay in September, um, as i said my faith plays a role a huge role in helping me to fight this and keep moving and i just remember that i had a conversation with my pastor and he asked me he said what lesson did you learn from this and i really didn't understand and so i just had to have a conversation with god about why was i still in a predicament that i was in and Why hasn't things moved in a more positive direction? And what can I do to help someone else? Because for all these years, it was all about me. Me focusing on me. Me focusing on what I'm going through. And I said, I know this cannot be what I am here for to just think about me and focus on what I'm going through. I said, what about what others are going through? Mm -hmm. What what about those who don't have that support? Um, Don't know where to turn and Mm -hmm. feel ashamed of what they're going through. And they are um, maybe going through stages of depression or selflessness or doubt or being unhopeful. And so I was like, I've always wanted to write a book, but I just did not know where to start. And so my -hmm. husband, we had a conversation and he said, just start writing. Yeah, play about it and just start writing and just pour your heart out. Figure out where you want to go with it and just pour your heart out on paper. And it took, oh my goodness, it took me about maybe six to eight months to write the book. Because I went through stages with it of letting some of the issues I went through, more painful issues I went through, come forth and. It was a lot of crying, nice writing (laughs) with tears in my eyes, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was just a lot of self. I don't know. I I can't describe some of the feelings that I had, but it was trying to get it out in a way that I felt would help others.
1: What an emotional experience it really must have been. I know you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but being able... Kind of having to go back through the eighteen years and relive a lot of what's you know a lot of just miserable times that's got to be an emotional way. how did you how did you feel once the book was done? Was it kind of this relief? i mean, what was what was it like once you wrote that last paragraph?
2: I know when I wrote it was funny because i when I wrote the last paragraph, I took a really deep breath and I just said, Whew, thank you. It feels <laughs> so good to just let it all go. And I didn't write everything that I went through, but I did write the most important things to me. And it just, it, it was very therapeutic to sit there and be like, okay, I unloaded. And it feels nice because it was like weight, it was like stress coming off. It was like, oh yeah, I'm done with that. So now maybe just getting it out will help someone.
1: And you wrote obviously you wrote about your Crohn's journey, but you mentioned that you really wanted it to when you talked about the purpose and, and your husband asking you where you wanted it to go. So tell me a little bit more what the book is about, uh, kind of in just your words of what you wanted it to be able to do and provide for people.
2: Okay. And picking a title undefeated for so many years, I felt like I was just fighting a battle that I could not win. And when Mm -hmm. I finally realized that I am still standing, I am still here. That's where the undefeated title came from that it has promise has not it, it has not defeated me it has not won the battle it has not knocked me out sure it has um knocked me on my behind a few times yes mm-hmm. it has definitely done that but it has not same here. <laughs> it has not defeated me I've been knocked to my knees. I felt like I have been knocked out at times. But I got back up Mm -hmm. and realized that I am truly undefeated. And that's where my title came from. And I just wanted, as people to begin to read it, that they understand that, yes, Crohn's is very difficult to go through. It will send you on an emotional A mental and a physical fight like none other Mm -hmm. um and there will be times that you'll feel like people do not understand you and that you are alone but in the end you're gonna come out with your hands raised in the air and saying i am still here you're still ready to fight you're still fighting And that's the encouragement part I want everybody to understand is that you can come up on top of this disease. You just have to stay positive, open-minded, have a hopeful outlook on it. Sure, there will be days where it just feels like you want to give up, but keep fighting. I want to encourage people to keep fighting, even if it's not you. And you know someone who has Crohn's or better yet, any other illness that you want them Mm -hmm. to know to keep fighting. You are a conqueror. You are a warrior. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Put them boxing gloves on every day and keep fighting. Even if it's just to tell yourself, I will get through this day. Tomorrow will come. I will be okay. That's what I want to
1: encourage others. I love it. Such a powerful message and just so needed because I think everybody I've talked to so far who has Crohn's or, you know, ulcerative colitis, anyone with IBD, we've all gone through this period of where you do, you feel alone. It is a very isolating disease and just everything you were talking about is such a powerful thing. I love the message. I love what you're doing. What was it like when you were able to? You finally you got the book published. It's available for sale. What's kind of been the response from your family and friends around you having having the book out and finally getting it out there? Was it eye opening for them? Had they were they aware of everything that you put into the book? Um,
2: no, they wasn't aware of everything that I put into the book. I know I have <laughs> had um, a lot of congratulations. I'm proud of you. Keep going, keep fighting, keep encouraging, use your voice. And I've had some readers tell me that it has brought them to tears because they didn't know some of the things that I went through. Um, mm-hmm. I know I had a few people would come to me and respond. You would, They would say, I would never know. That it had got that bad yeah. or you were feeling that way from the way you try to present yourself. And I will tell them, I said, honey, I have to keep fighting every day. But it has been mm-hmm. such a warm response to putting the book out. I know my mom, my mom, she mm-hmm. said, I was waiting for you to do this. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah.
1: Good. That's yeah. awesome. What's been the most surprising thing for you in sharing your story? Has anything kind of happened or jumped out at you that you weren't really expecting?
2: Um, I was putting it out on social media and I got a few responses from um, some various people and a classmate of mine uh, responded and said, I really didn't know. I didn't know. hmm Um, and I think that's the more surprising thing because I've been seeing a lot of posts and I do relate to when people say, um, I look great on the outside and I look good on the outside, but you would never know the war that's going on on the inside. And so Mm -hmm. I can really relate to that. And I getting I've been getting a lot of responses to that of, wow you wouldn't know and so yeah, that I mean from different people that I haven't seen over the years um, and some even different family members you I think that's the more shocking thing because I do talk about my Crohn's I don't hide it from anyone and so Mm -hmm. get to some of the responses I was like wow people really don't see some of the things that people go through yeah
1: Yeah. Because I think just like you mentioned, um, I think a lot of us really do hide most of it from the world. And I think it's only kind of been a recent thing with more of the social media and more people stepping up to really talk about it, that people really are opening up. And so I think it really still is surprising for people to hear these stories and see the
2: the full spectrum of what Crohn's... Is right, and I love the fact that it's getting out more, and that more people are willing to talk about it and not be so ashamed mm-hmm. of having Crohn's or know someone with Crohn's or another um, IBD or autoimmune disease. Is it makes my heart feel really good to know that more people are talking about it and willing to share their story. Because like you said, so many of us, we do hide it and we do live in shame because we don't want people to question how we feel or question why we can't do certain things that we used to or why we can't go certain places Mm -hmm. or why is it that if we do go, we're always looking around and they're trying to figure out why we're looking around or why we disappear from time to time. but. Yeah. It does feel nice that more conversations are being held and more people are being more open and transparent. I agree.
1: So tell me, is there one thing that you wish people knew about IBD, but they don't?
2: Most those who know about IBD do know that it exists. But I will say that I want more people to know that from Especially from my experience, we are not faking this. It yeah. It is 100% real for us. And I want people to know that when we are truly going through something, we are truly going through something. And the best thing that someone can do is to just give us support. Because support means so much and it goes a long ways.
1: I agree a hundred percent. Very well said. So if people want to learn more about you and your story, maybe keep up with you online. And if they want to buy your book, tell me where they can find you online and where they can find your book.
2: Well, my book is available on amazon.com under, um, undefeated, my fight with Crohn's disease. Um, it is fourteen ninety nine on Amazon. You can directly inbox me on my Facebook um, page at Author Anitra Smith on Facebook, and it will pull up my I Am Undefeated page. You can go through there. You inbox me. I can give you all the details uh, on how to get it from me directly. And when you order directly through me. You can purchase through um, PayPal, Cash App. I do accept checks and money orders. A lot of people think that's weird, but I do. And you can just <laughs> they're not completely gone I yet. No, not not <laughs> yet. But I see them leaving in the future, but not just yet. And so, those you can in, you yet. can inbox me on Facebook, like I said, at author. Anitra Smith. Um, You can also go to my regular Facebook page if you would like to do that. Anitra Smith. If you go directly through me, I will give you a signed copy. But if you go through Amazon, I do have a book signing coming up in Flint, Michigan, where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And it's at Totem Bookstore on Court Street. Um, So August 24th from 1 to 3. And I am will be happy and glad to see people there to come out and support me. And I am signing books and talking with everybody that attends.
1: Fantastic. I will put all of the links to both your social media, your Facebook pages, Amazon, and I'll put in the details on the book signing. I'll put all of that into the show notes so that people can find that really easily and reach out and contact you easily as Thank well. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we covered a lot. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you wanted to share before
2: we wrap up? No, I just want to let everyone know if you know someone with an autoimmune disease, and it's a wide range of them, um, mm-hmm. especially Crohn's, IBD, other, other autoimmune diseases, Um, know that we are fighting a battle and we will continue to fight and fight together. And for anyone that is listening with those um, particular diseases, because that's what I talk about in my book, there are support groups. Mm -hmm. There are blogs like yours. Um, There Mm -hmm. are podcasts. There are many different forms of support That you can go to and find the help that you need. They help with um, research. They always giving tips on eating, exercise, and they will just let you talk. And people are there to Mm -hmm. walk you through different situations and give you that help, especially emotional and mental help that you need. Don't feel like that you are alone. Don't feel ashamed we are here to help each other and that's what we will continue to do be here to help each other and that's exactly how i found your blog and your podcast and that is how i found a couple other things it's just looking up the information and wanting to find the support and a way to let people know to be encouraged I love it. What a beautiful
1: note to end on to just help each other and encourage each other through what we're going through. Thank you so much for joining me today, Anitris. I really enjoyed this. And thank you for your advocacy and your book and just for being here and sharing your story.
2: Thank you so much for inviting me and having me. I really do appreciate it. I really do.
0: Thank you for listening to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have an IBD story, either as a patient or a family member that you'd like to share as a guest on this podcast, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email at Crohn's at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about me and my Crohn's journey, follow me on Instagram using at Crohn's Food, or visit my blog for in-depth articles about my struggles and victories with Crohn's through diet, fitness, and lifestyle at www.crohn'sfitnessfood.com. And finally, remember, be strong, be grateful, and be the warrior that you are.